Hey, good to see you this morning. My name's JD. I know everybody's sitting in this room, and I wish you a happy new year. Hope you had a great Christmas and a happy and healthy new year. Uh, I want to share something with you uh, that I read this morning in my Bible um, before uh, just kind of getting up. I read this, this psalm. It's uh, Psalm chapter 5, uh, verse 3. It says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you, and I watch. And I read this quote uh, from Eugene Peterson that kind of went along with it. He said, a sacrifice is the material means of assembling a life before God in order to let God work with it. Sacrifice isn't something we do for God, but simply setting out the stuff of life for him to do something with. On the altar, the, sacrifice, the sacrificial offering is changed into what is pleasing and acceptable to God. In the act of offering, we give up ownership and control, and we watch to see what God will do with it. As we kind of commence this year together, I just want to take a moment. I'm going to let you just kind of, if you want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to keep them open, that's great too. I want to ask you, though, let's just offer uh, our lives, our relationships, our, spirit, our faith, our health, our church, our finances, our work, let's offer those sacrificially to God. I'm not even going to pray. I'm just going to give us 30 seconds of quiet for you and the quietness of your heart to just offer yourself and those things as a sacrifice to God this morning. Lord, sacrifice isn't something we do for you, but simply setting out the stuff of our lives for you to do something with. And the act of offering ourselves this morning, our faith, our good works, our church, our finances, our relationships, our health, everything that encompasses our life and our lives, we give up ownership and control and we want to watch and see what you'll do with it. Lord, bless these people. God, in a, as I was just talking with Ed, in a time where it can seem like sometimes if we, it can seem like the, just the world's gone mad. It's the greatest time ever for us to be alive. If our faith is in Jesus and we do not let fear win the day, it's the greatest time ever to be alive. Lord, help us to live deeply with that conviction. And help us, God, to be a people who are sacrificing ourselves for you, to you. Not because we have to, not because we're going to do something for you, but God said that you will do something in, with, for, and through us this year and this day. We love you. We're here to hear from you today, God. We want to meet with you, and we want to hear from you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible... I'm going to turn to Psalm 19. If you're not sure where that is, open your paper Bible right to the middle. It's literally right in the middle. And God's so good, he put the longest book right in the middle. So literally, you got like 100 pages of uh, grace there to find it. All right. So I didn't see fully. Who are the resolution makers? Amen. All right. Let's go. 
Who are the non-resolution makers? You hate them. You cannot be boxed in by lists. All right. Uh, who are the begrudging? That was good. Who are the begrudging resolution makers? Okay, good. All right. Um, a big resolution maker right here. Full, full uh, confession, like make spreadsheets for my resolutions. Have like, it's really nerdy. It's like the one thing in my life that I'm super nerdy about. But uh, let, me, let me ask you this. What if I could promise you as your pastor, like, what if I could promise you that most, and by most, let's say like 75, 80% of us, okay? So look around the room. If we add in the kids downstairs, about 40 people here today. Uh, so what if I could promise you that the, the majority of us in 2022 could have the following, all right? So just like, if we could just, 75% of us could get the following, how many of us would jump on this list? Number one, how many of us would like to finish 2022 with an energized soul? Like, yeah, a couple of you raised your hands. Yeah, that would be good, all right? Uh, we're talking the overwhelming majority, not promising this for every single person in the room, but for the majority of us, we, most of us would like an energized soul. Number two, how many of us would like wisdom for living? Like, and by wisdom, I don't mean necessarily smarts. I mean seeing and understanding life from God's perspective. Like, man, that would be nice. Yep, okay. How many of us would like to end 2022 with a happy heart? Like, yeah, that's a nice one. That just sounds nice in 2020. Like in an angry world, like a happy heart sounds nice. What if the majority of us could have clear vision at the end of the year, where to go and be like, and how to get there? You know, it, like, oh, I know where we're going. I know how I'm getting there. All right. Next one. How many of you would like to see God build in endurance into your life? Stamina, like not exhausted at the end of the day or the end of the month. Yep. All right, here's another one. What about uh, character and respectability? How many of you would like to end the year with people going, you know what, I really look up to Thompson. Man, I really see Jesus and Nicole. Man, I really love, I, I see God all over Natalie. That, they're, they're the same person in private that they are in public, and I trust them. How many of you would like to have the respect of everyone else? Yeah. How many of you would love, and here comes the good one, how many of you would love to end the year with more riches and wealth than you currently have today? Man, now, we're so, now we sound like a Pentecostal church. Like People are like getting the Holy Spirit. Yeah, amen, come on. And then finally, how many of you would love to... Like for the majority of us to experience God's blessing, God's hand on our lives and go, you know what? That's a blessed. That man is blessed. That woman is blessed. That kid is blessed. Uh, so I think we all like the majority of us would take that. Some of us are faster to raise our hands than others, but I think we all would take that as a church. We're calling this year. Nick, Nick with the music is building in a lot of hymns this year. And I love that as a church, we're calling this the year of the Bible. You know, two years ago, our theme for the year was rooted. Last year, our theme as a church was bold moves. This year, we're calling uh, the theme of the year, the year of the Bible. And I want to begin with uh, the year as we look into God's word as a church in Psalm 19. I'm just going to read to us five verses today. If you've got a paper Bible, follow along. If you're looking on your phone, that's great too. Uh, if you don't have either, feel free to look. I think we're going to put the verses right up here. And this is a David Psalm. It's a... Uh, Part of the, uh, the ancient Israelites, the ancient Hebrews hymn book. And this is part of one of their psalms that says this. The law, and by, when it says the law, it doesn't mean the rules. It means the scripture. It means the scripture. Oh, sorry. Psalm, psalm 19. Thank you, Carla. Verse 7. I apologize. Thank you. The law, the scripture, the word of God, the, word of the, the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. 
The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Now here's something we've got to be careful with when we read the Bible. If we're going to read it this year individually, more together maybe. We need to be careful to understand that some things are principles and not promises. I've heard a lot of people over the years say, oh, well, the Bible promises this. When it doesn't actually promise some things, some things are more principled. Like, generally speaking, if you train up a child in the way he or she should go, when he or she is older, he or she will not depart from it. That's not always true. But if a family lives by faith and seeks to honor Christ and raise their children that way, as a general principle, the majority of the time, the child will do that. What's given here in this psalm are principles. They're not promises, but they're principles. And they say, here's what's true of the word of God, and here's what becomes the outcome of that. It's usually true for most people. Now, I want to tell you that reading the Bible is not magic. There's no magic to reading the Bible. God isn't manipulated. There was a time in my life, in my faith journey, when I really thought, but if I did A, then God had to do B. I really believed that, really deeply. If I was good, then God would bless me. If I prayed, then God would do this for me. If I went to church, then God would do this. And as much as I wish that that were true, that's just not how the God of the universe works. If, it, if, it, if he did then this would all be formulas, and it would be like math. And following Christ is actually much more like a choose-your-own-adventure or find his adventure and join him there than it is a bunch of nerdy math equations. With all due respect to the accountants and the math people in the room, following Jesus is a journey, and God will not be boxed in by our formulas that mandate that he act a certain way. And so following Christ and reading the Bible is not magic because God will not be manipulated. But God pretty faithfully says, like, I'm going to be back there, and if you will follow me from here to there, generally speaking, here is where you're going to end up, and here's kind of going to be the path to get there. And that's what Psalm 19, 7 through 11 are talking about. God's principles to, in verse 7, revive our soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Uh, We talked about an energized soul at the end of the year, leaning into God's word, leads to, generally speaking, a revived soul. The next one, we talked about having wisdom for living. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The beautiful thing about the gospel, the the kingdom of God, is that it's not like a bunch of geniuses and then all the rest of us. Some of you are in the genius camp. I don't tend to think that I'm there. The beauty is that wisdom is available to anyone who would try to understand God's perspective and who would lean into God's word. The testimony, the, the scripture, that what God has said about himself is sure, making wise the simple. The next thing we talked about was having a happy heart. We said, Lord, give us a happy heart. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The next thing we talked about was having vision. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. 
If you want vision for your life, if you want vision for your relationships, if you want vision for your career, if you want vision for our church, lean into God's word. It enlightens the eyes. It gives vision. The next thing that... Uh, and. Um, the next thing we talked about was in the next verse, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. If God's word endures and I get God's word into me, then the truth is that being sustained by God's word gives me an endurance that other people don't necessarily have. I can endure. It doesn't mean that uh, this is not some sort of idea of immortality, like that I'm going to live forever, but it's the idea of sustainability, sustainability. There was a time in my life, um, it has not been the last few months, where every day I would get down and do at least one push-up. And by getting down and doing one push-up, I got to where I could do a lot of push-ups. And like I would get where I could do 75 push-ups in one go without stopping. Now, I quit that for a, for a minute. Um, and uh, and <laughs> I'm resolved to reinitiate that in 2022. And I'll tell you, it's been a minute, because yesterday I got down and started doing my push-ups, and it hurt And this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, yeah, those are the muscles I chose not to work for about the last four months of last year. I forgot about those muscles, right? What growing in the word of God does is it gives us sustainability. We can push harder and we can push through in some things that maybe we couldn't before. God's word gives us sustainability. The next phrase, it says, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. If God's word is righteous and God's word is in me, then God will develop a righteous character, a respectability, and integrity into me by leaning into his word. That's a, that's a nice one because we've become a very cynical world. Oh, if it's just sometimes for you doing good, because I don't, I don't like Natalie will say to me, hey, this is, this is one of my favorite compliments Natalie gives me. Um, she'll say, I used to think that you were a pessimist, but now I see that you just kind of understand how most people are. So you're not actually a pessimist. You're really just a realist. I'm like, babe, that's so hot when you tell me that I'm smart and right. I love that so much. Listen, like we can be very pessimistic of people because we've been disappointed by people. And we even know we can be pessimistic of people because we've disappointed other people. And as much as I like to think of myself, I know I let a lot of people down. But the scripture says, the Bible says that the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And they make us righteous. Uh, And then it goes on. The next thing I asked you about was if you wanted riches. Look what it says. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. There is some truth to the idea that while following Christ is not going to make you rich, it may do the exact opposite. It will give us a quality of life that will be rivaled by the wealthiest person in the country. My kids are fascinated with Elon Musk and his wealth. They're fascinated with him, like, and how much he is worth this month compared to last month. And I can tell you, he's worth more this month than he was a year ago. Following Christ will add a quality of life, maybe not a standard of living, maybe not an amount of wealth, but a quality of life that will run world's biggest and most wealthy person. And then going on, it said, moreover, by them, your servant is warned in keeping them, there is great reward. There's blessing and there's protection in living your life according to the word of God. Now, here's the problem. I think we view the Bible a little differently than that. 
in general, if we're really honest, we tend to view this book very differently than that. Like, I don't pick this up in the morning and go, now this thing is going to make me feel wealthy and give me vision and give me stamina and give me favor and all those things. I tend to, I think we tend to pick this thing up and think of it as four different things. Maybe some of these are true for you, maybe not. One, I think a lot of people will look at this book and think of it as an instruction book, like a book of rules and instructions, right? How many of you got something over the holidays that came with an instruction book to assemble? Man, my Noah, he is a, he is a smart kid. Uh, and he uh, will do a, he'll sit and do a Lego set, and you get the book of Legos, and the, and the book for the Legos can sometimes be as big as the box of Legos itself. Uh, and your kids do Legos too. And I don't know how yours are, but he will follow that thing to the letter of the law and delight in it. And he gets to the end, it's like, oh, it looks so good. For me, I'm like, how can we get through this book a little bit faster? Like, how can... When we view the Bible as nothing more than an instruction book, it rips the soul out of it. It's not how to build or assemble our life like an instruction book for Legos or a table and chair. It's something more. The second way we tend to view the Bible is we can view it as an endless collection of weird prophecies and out-of-date rules and some unrhyming poetry. I'll be honest, when Nick starts talking about four creatures with a bunch of eyes, I'm like, that's just weird. That's just weird. Like, if I got to draw that, like, as a, like, to be on Team Jesus, like, I'm kind of out. Like, that's just strange to me. I hear that, and I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that's a metaphor, and, like, it means something more than the meaning. If I get there, and there's weird eyeball creatures like that in heaven, I'm going to be like, Jesus, I'll be over here in the corner. Like, when you put those things up, give me a call. Like, but I'm all set over here. Like, uh, th- we can view the Bible like it's a bunch of weird prophecies and out-of-date rules and unrhyming poetry. One of my best buddies here in Charlestown is a, a staunch atheist. And he was asking me the other day, he's like, where is the verse in the Bible that talks about God hating gay people? And I was like, oh, it's in the book of Leviticus. And I was like, but it doesn't actually say quite that. And he goes, well, I'm going to read that one. And I was like, great, let's do it and let's debrief it. And we get back together. He goes, you know, we also, if you follow that verse, right beside it is one that talks about not wearing a cotton polyester blend and not eating shrimp and shellfish. He was like, it's a lot of rules. And I was like, it's a lot of rules. It's meant to show you that you can't follow the rules on your own, your own strength, and you need a savior, that God has a best for every situation and everything. But listen, when we begin to reduce this book to nothing but a bunch of rules or weird prophecies and unrhyming poetry, we lose what it was intended to be. The third problem, we, we view the Bible as out of date and not applicable to our daily lives or to this culture. Now I think if we're being really honest, we're getting really close to one of our, like, this is the struggle. For a lot of us, right? Like, what does a man putting animals on a boat or a man being swallowed by a fish or a man dying on a cross and rising from the dead have to do with my daily life and the lives of my neighbors? Because really it can make me feel like I'm just kind of weird. And when we view it like that, we can kind of be like, oh, that book is crazy and it's going to make me crazy and I'm just going to keep it over there as a doorstopper. But that's not what the Bible is. And the fourth problem, and this is, I think, the most dangerous for us, is we view it as something reserved for religious professionals. And I know a lot of you, because you've told me this, 
were raised in, in the church to think that the Bible was a book that was yielded by, wielded by priests and nuns and people who got paychecks from the church, but not for the common people, not for the person in the pew. And listen, that's a danger, and that's not how God intends for us to view this book. Look with me. at You don't have to look it up. We're going to put it right here on the screen. Psalm 119, 105. It says this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, your word, the Bible, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I like that. The Bible is going to be a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I like that a lot more than four monsters with crazy eyes and who this is going to make me hate and something that only people with collars or habits get into. Like, I don't care for that. I don't want to follow that dusty old boring God. I want to follow the God whose word has something to say for the step before me and the path down the road. I'll tell you a better way, I think, to uh, think about God's word. Can I show you real quick one of my most prized possessions? There's actually a lot of them. These are my journals. I think these go back about four years. Uh, I keep in them, though. Like, have you ever read the five love languages? Some of you have read that where it talks about how everybody, kids, adults, married couples, employees, blah, 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 everybody, your pets maybe have a love language. Um, There's words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gift giving, and physical touch. I'm words of affirmation guy. Like, when, if you encourage me, it like, it, it recharges my battery. And so Natalie understands that. And whenever she has written me a note over the years, I, I put it in my journal around that time. And so occasionally I'll go into my journal. This one was from 2019. And I'll pull out the cards and see what she's written me. I'm not going to read you that. Um, but there's one. And then this one. Let's see what year this was. This was, um, oh, this was 2020. Apparently we love cards with rodents on them. I, I just saw in 2020 and in 2017. This one was a, a, a card that was sort of rooted in Harry Potter. This was uh, one that she and the boys made for Father's Day. I save everything that my kids have ever written me. I throw it into my, into my journal. Um, let's see. This one was, what year was this from? This one's from 20. Oh, this is last year. I like this one. Uh, I got 99 problems, but forgetting your birthday ain't one. Uh, I thought that one was pretty good. Um, let's see. Oh, here's another one. And like, Here's one that she gave a card to the boys and they wrote on. Like, I've saved every one of these things. I, I love them so much. Like, and there are some times when I get to the end of a journal that I'll go back and I'll look at, this is the one I'm in right now, actually. I'll go back and I'll just reread the card she's written me over time. And they mean the world to me, honestly. They probably truly are one of my most prized possessions because in them, I see a few things. In the notes that she writes me, I see her heart. I see how much she cares for me and how loved I am against all logic. Against all logic, she loves me. I hear, I hear her voice, kind of like in a movie. You know when somebody, I hate it in a movie when somebody goes to read something because uh, we can't read that fast. So what do they do to bail us out in that? They'll uh, have, have that person read the voiceover and, you know, the person writing, they'll do the voiceover. I can, when I read a card from Natalie, I literally can hear her voice reading that card to me. I understand as I go back and look at what was happening in our life or in the world, sometimes she'll write, She'll be like, man, you know, this is crazy, or isn't this the most exciting thing that's going on in the world or in our world right now? I I see in every word, every card she's ever written me, the intimacy of friendship and love. These are 
tangible, these cards, I mean, you know, $3 at CVS or $1.25 now at, um, at the, the, the dollar store at the church. What's it called? Um, thank you, Dollar Tree. I couldn't think of it. Um, you know, the dollar store at the church. Uh, that's how you know you live in Charlestown, right? Like, I will see over the course of these notes the, the reminders of her faithfulness in the past and promises that she was going to be faithful to me in the future. And God's word I think that's the better way to see the Bible. I think that's the better way to see the Bible. The Bible is a history book, yes. It's Holy Scripture, yes. It's teaching and some commands. But ultimately, I believe that the Bible is a love letter from God to humans. Like Natalie's letters, in the Bible, we find God's heart and his fierce love. If you hear nothing today else and you hear nothing else this year, I want you to hear this, that God loves you. That he is crazy about you. And if you were the only one who ever lived and ever sinned, he would have still sent his Jesus to live sinlessly and die sacrificially for you. God loves you. And when you pick up the scripture, I pray, no matter what you struggle with, publicly or privately, no matter what you've done or will do, I pray that the first thing you hear when you read the Bible is God's fierce love for you against all logic. You can know God in his heart when you pick up the Bible. Like Nat's letters, I pray when you pick up the Bible that you hear his voice. When I read them, I, I can hear her voice reading the card to me. When you pick up the Bible, I pray you hear the tender, loving, powerful, gracious voice of God, of Jesus Christ himself, reading to you, especially in the voice of Jesus. And I pray that you meet God when you pick up the Bible. I pray that you understand God's heart because it's a love letter and he's writing it. I pray that you begin to understand God's heart for us and for the world. I, I told you a minute ago, I prayed a minute ago and Ed and I were talking. Listen, I think it's the greatest time ever to be alive. I think this is the greatest time ever to be alive because for people who know Christ and for people who have their wits about them and trust what the Bible says about how the world's going to work, there's nothing to be afraid of. And I love living right now. I love living right now. I love following Christ right now in Boston in 2022. I wouldn't trade it for a life of ease and wealth for anything. This is a great time to be alive and understand when we pick up the, world, the word, we can understand God's heart for us and for the world. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal and everlasting life. We can know God's heart for the world and see the world through his lens. Like Natalie's letters, when we pick up the Bible, we are led by God and we can develop intimacy and trust that keep on growing and then finally, as we saw in Psalm 19, we can get Psalm 19 blessings when we lean into God's word. If the Bible can do Psalm 19, and if the Bible is Psalm 119, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, then I want, as your pastor, to get us into the word so that the word gets into us. Yes, Rochelle. Amen. That is good. See, the point is not that we legalistically create a spreadsheet where we say, oh, today I read my Bible. Oh, today I read my Bible. Oh, today I read my Bible. The point is not to do that. You can read the Bible all day long. 
You can run with it running through your ears. You can read it on paper. You can read it on your iPad and never be changed by it. The point is to get into the word so that the word gets into us. God wants his word to get into us. So then it begins to come out of us as we live. And so this year we're calling this the year of the Bible. And I want that to look like three things. I'm going to give them to you pretty quickly. Number one, I want it to be the year of the Bible for you individually. For you individually, I want you to read your Bible on your own. Uh, And you may say, oh man, I'm going to need to get a journal. That's great. I think that's a great idea. Every day, I started doing this when I was 14. My youth pastor uh, taught me how to read my Bible on my own. And so literally now for 30 years, pretty faithfully, most days, not every day. And it's not a rule. It's not a law. This is not a law. It's just a principle I've chosen to build my life around. Every day I'll read a little devotional and I'll write a quote. I read you one this morning from something I read. And then I'll read the scripture and I'll write down a scripture and then I'll write down a prayer or how I'm going to apply that to my life for that day. And I've built a pattern of doing this and you say, man, I need to do that. Here, I'm going to save you some money this morning. If you need to get a journal to begin to do that, grab one today. They're free. we got a whole box of them back there. If you have one, don't grab one. But these are here, and they're here to serve you and to help you. I want you to read your Bible. And you say, dude, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. Buy or download a devotion book that can maybe help you. Here's a few that I've read over the years, and I can remind you of these later. Experiencing God Day by Day by Henry Blackaby. It's my favorite devotion book of all time. 365 devotions. They take about a minute and a half to read each day. It's fantastic. New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp is one of my favorite devotion books of all time. My Utmost Forest Highest is a classic. It's about 100 years old. There are some, you want to get a newer version because the older one reads like a 100-year-old book. But the principles in it are gold. And every one of those will have a verse at the top or a verse at the Bible that you, once you read the devotion, just go to that verse and read that verse or read the passage with that verse. I want to challenge you to read your Bible. I want to challenge you this year to write in your Bible. How many of you think that sounds blasphemous? A couple. I want to encourage you to write in your Bible. If you're like, dude, I can't write in my Bible. There's a paper Bible back there. Uh, They're on those shelves right out there. Feel free to grab one of those and feel free to write in that one. It's not a sin. I read the whole book. I read the whole thing. I never found it. You can write in the Bible. It's okay. Because the Bible is living and active. It's not the words on the page. It's more than that. So you can write in it. I like to underline in mine. I would encourage you to underline. A lot of Sundays I'll say, underline this word. Underline this phrase. Circle this verse. I want to encourage you to write notes in there. This applies to me this way. Feel free to write in there in the margins. And I definitely want to encourage you maybe to write a date in there. I read this with my kid on this day. God spoke to me on this day from this verse. Feel free to write in there. Um, Man, there's something I want to tell you about that, but we'll do it later, and we'll let the people share. Who There's a couple of people in our church who have written in their Bibles so much that they're falling apart, and it's it's one of the neatest things you'll ever see. How many of you say, dude, I'm a terrible reader, J.D.? I'm a terrible reader. Listen to it. Listen to it. You know, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the Bible was not read on paper. It was communicated orally. 
That's okay. Put it in your AirPods and go for a run and listen to the Bible. I think that's great. If you say, I can't focus by listening to it alone, then get the paper one out with the audio one and do them together. Like read the Bible, listen to the Bible, journal, memorize. Some of you are art folks. Listen, if you get a verse that stands out, just sit there and doodle in your journal and doodle that scripture out. Like God made some of you to be artists and nonlinear thinkers. Don't begrudge your wiring and how God wired you as you dig into God's word. Um, and, and the question will be asked, what's the best translation? The answer to that is the one you'll read the most. The whatever one you're going to go read the most, I prefer the ESV. That's what we preach from on Sunday. I like the CSB. I like the message and I like the NIV. I'll give you that list again later. If you want it, just let me know. I want to encourage us to read this to be the year of the Bible in community. Here's the challenge I want to offer you this year. I want you to bring a paper Bible with you on Sundays. That's the challenge. I want to encourage you to bring a paper Bible with you on Sundays. Um, Now, I want to encourage you to bring a pen and a journal and paper on Sundays. I want to encourage, or in your phone. Some of you are phone note people. I love that. Maybe you'll just, when you sit here, you'll open your phone, you'll have it, and you'll write out a note. I'll try usually to say, here's the one thing I want you to get today. I want you to be ready to write and, and seek out how God's word applies. So bring a pen, bring a journal, bring paper. Uh, third, I want to encourage you to be in a group. If you're in a small group, all we do in small groups, they start again on January 30th or 31st. All we do in small group is we read a passage of Luke and we ask five questions about it. That's all it is. I promise. That's all the small groups are. What does it say about God? What does it say about us? How should we love our neighbor or our community? Or what do we need to do in light of this? I want to encourage you in the year of the Bible to join a small group. Fourth, I want to encourage, I want to encourage you to encourage one another with the word and pray the word over other people. You're going to be talking with somebody this year, and it's going to be amazing because you've begun to read the Bible, and there's going to be a verse that stands out, and somebody's going to be like, man, I just don't know where to go in my life this year. And you're going to say, oh, pfft. Well, God says his word's a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. So I believe that if you'll just seek him, he'll show you where to go. There's going to be times this year where you're like, man, I feel like maybe it's God's calling us to move. And I'm not sure. Change jobs. I'm not sure. And, you, and somebody may say to you, oh, well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There's going to be times this year where you are discouraged. Someone's discouraged and you get to encourage them in God's word. And I want to encourage you to do that. There's value in that. God's word has much more power than your words and my words. I promise you of that. And so I want to encourage you even, and this is the one that I put an asterisk by if you look at my notes, to even post God's word on your social media stuff. Not to be grandstanding. Not to be grandstanding. But as a testimony. And a reminder of what God has spoken to you and said to you. And then finally, I want to call some of you in in this year of the Bible to go even deeper than all of this. Some of you need to begin to really study God's word, to dig in and go a little deeper. Some of you have got the milk down of the word. You need to begin to go into the meat and get something a little bit deeper than you're even going to get on a Sunday morning. And if you're not sure how you're going to get deeper than Sunday morning, because this is for the most part about as deep as it's going to get on Sundays... If you're not sure to get deeper, I will show you how. 
and Nick will show you how. And we will teach you how to go deeper. I want to encourage some of you as going deeper to get some tools. Every week, uh, we're going to put in the weekly email a resource of the month. Most of them will be free. And we're going to say, I think you should download this. I think you should go read this. Those will be in the email. Each, they'll come out at least each month and say, you should do this. You should read this. You should get this. Read the emails. I know that nobody reads emails anymore. I get that that's how it works. A few of you do, praise God. Like, read the emails. My wife never reads the emails. She goes, I'm married to the pastor. If it's important, you'll let me know. Listen, read the emails. They'll have resources of the month in them. And some of you, I'll even say, God may call you to go to Bible college or seminary in the next year. And that would be a good and God-honoring thing for you to begin to do that. Now, listen, Nat's letters were not the point. They pointed to the point, and the point was our relationship. The point is not the words on the paper. The point is the relationship. They pointed to, the, uh, to love. They fueled relationships. They encouraged and delighted me, and they let me know her. Likewise, God's great gift and goal isn't the Bible. It's to give us himself. Some Christians can become so Bible-worshiping that they forget the God of the Bible. Jesus, Jesus, and the point is not that we just become a bunch of Bible nerds and Bible scholars, but then getting into the word that God gives us himself and we receive him. And so I want to encourage you today with two things, and I'll, and I'll pray. One, I want to encourage you to accept God's perfect grace and love uh, for the year ahead. Some of us, carry a tremendous weight of believing that God forgave our past sins, but that we've got to do penance for our present struggles. And I want to encourage us to accept his perfect grace that has forgiven our past, present, and future sin. And if you struggle under the weight of, I can't do this, I'm not good enough. Listen, if you don't pick up your Bible one time this year, God is going to love you, Christian, just as much as, if, as he would the person who memorized the entire thing. That's the beauty of grace, is that we don't earn it, and we don't hold it, and we don't sustain it. So accept his love and grace today. Tell yourself this week, I am loved against all logic, and there's nothing I can do to add to it or take from it. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to commit yourself, though, in 2022. I would ask you, I'm going to challenge you to bring an actual paper Bible next Sunday when you come. And like, I want to get, I want us to get where we're masters of that. There's always a pen there. Listen, grab a journal. When these six are gone, there's a box of them back there. Grab a journal. I want you to do this. I want us to do this together. I want us to challenge one another. We're doing a push-up challenge in our home for January right? That's why I'm sore because I'm going to win because that's, that's unfortunately how I'm wired, right? Um, we are pushing one another to do these push-ups. Last night, he's not in here. Last night, Noah was doing it. Natalie was like, you're not doing that right. Here's how you do a proper push-up. And uh, it was awesome. Um, I love it when somebody's being mean and it's not me in my house. In the way that we would push one another in that we want to, I want to encourage you as your pastor that we push one another in God's word. Some of us are eating, uh, are being fed spiritual milk right now. And I want to encourage you to learn to feed yourself the bottle. 
And some of you are feeding yourself the bottle. And I want to encourage you, it's time to move on to meat. I want us to grow this year. So begin the year accepting grace and begin the year. Let's begin the year committing to give ourselves fully to the Lord this year. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Psalm 119. We didn't dig into it so deep today, but we do celebrate the, the, the truth that if we build our life around you, if we build our life around your word, generally speaking, we will be happy. We will be blessed. We will have wisdom. We will have vision. We will be people of integrity. God, I pray that you would make the people who call this their church. I pray that you would make them those people. And Lord, I pray that we would be a, a Bible-shaped people. God, I pray that we won't be Bible worshipers. I pray we'll be Jesus worshipers, but we will come to know Jesus through the word. Lord, would you do more in us, with us, for us, through us in 2022 than we could ever do? And God, will you release us from the fear that we have to do anything for you? God, we... If there's anybody in the room or anybody watching on the recording who's never given their life to you, I pray that this would be the year, maybe it's today or maybe it's in the days to come, that they would say, you know what, I want to be in with Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to walk with him. God, would you give people courage and boldness and maybe even not yet Christians reading the Bible and exploring whether or not Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he would do. God, help us remember, as we think about being on mission, help us remember as a church that most of our friends and neighbors haven't actually rejected Jesus. They've rejected a false cartoon of Jesus um, that's nothing like what he is. And God, help us to be word-shaped people so that when people um, show disdain or disregard for Christ and the gospel, we don't have to feel militant. We just say, man... That God that you don't believe in, I don't believe in him either. But the God of the Bible, he is beautiful and he is good and he is gracious. And he is a lion and a lamb and he is the Savior. And he loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. God, help us confront the false uh, images of Jesus that people who don't follow you in our city have. Uh, help us confront it and, 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 and respond with, no, my Jesus is nothing like that. Let me tell you what my Jesus is like. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. We ask you to make us word-shaped people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.